Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I wanna encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Well, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to Why Not Me, Turning Trials into Triumphs, Seeking and Embracing Success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls, and I'm super excited for today and the wisdom that's going to be shared with us. Uh, I'm here with my, my friend, Jay McDaniel. Jay and I met uh, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, we, we, we were neighbors in our booths at the PowerLink Expo in Pensacola, Florida. And uh, from my standpoint, felt like just a, a connection early on. And um, turns out Jay is also a kingdom-minded entrepreneur, and that's you know that's probably why. Uh, but anyhow, he was uh, kind enough and generous enough with his time to to join us today and just uh, share with all of you. Uh, hope, I know he's going to add tremendous value. Uh, so with that, I'm going to let Jay just kind of catch us up and give us some of his background. Uh, the main thing I know of him is he he's a volunteer with with SCORE, but there's a lot of history to get into that point. So, Jay, uh, tell our listeners about you. Todd, good morning. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, I'm actually, if we go all the way back, I'm a, I'm an Alabama far, farm boy. Uh, I'm a graduate of uh, Auburn University and an engineer. Uh, my mom says that when they took me to Auburn and I left the farm, I got out of the car and never looked back. Uh, and so to some extent, I think there's truth in that. Uh, I really moved into after, after Auburn and after a military, a short military career, uh, I went to work in the heating and air conditioning industry. Um, HVAC, it, the short term, that most of, you know, some of you even call it HVAC. Uh, that was in 1970. So I have been now in that industry for 52 years. Uh, by a quirk of the calendar, which most people may not realize, uh, the year 70 is actually a part of the decade of the 60s because we started in year one, not year zero. So 10 is the decade. So from that perspective, I've actually been in the HVAC business for a portion of seven decades. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, I, I know you um, <clears throat> own businesses, own, own businesses, how, but obviously uh, I wouldn't think that's where you started back in 1970. So how, how did that develop and when did you realize that, um, that you had this entrepreneurial, call it a bug, if you will, <laughs> and to, to branch out on your own? Uh, good word, good term. Uh, I actually realized it uh, quite early on, not just as it relates to HVAC. My dad was an entrepreneur. Uh, he came home from World War II. Uh, 
as a farmer and then developed into a uh, not just a row cropper, but a cattle, uh, rent, small cattle rancher. And then he developed a logging business. Uh, so he was sort of a multi-entrepreneur, if you will, in uh, at least three areas. So I grew up with that uh, and kind of had that in me somewhere uh, as a seed that uh, somewhere got watered and nourished. So <laughs> the the actual watering of it, I suspect, started shortly after I arrived in Baltimore in 1970. Uh, I went to work for the train company uh, after that short military career and uh, was in industrial and uh, commercial uh, heavy air conditioning world. And there was this awesome gentleman uh, that was there that was a salesperson uh, that um, was probably in his 60s, which now looks young to me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he was just an incredible, dapper salesperson, gentleman. And I realized, you know, I don't want to be that in that position when I'm that age. I want to have something of my own. I want to have employees. Uh, I want to build a business. So I actually was in that position for eight years uh, there and then got the opportunity to move to, uh, to Nashville, uh, where I went to work for a distributor of a major product line. And that was my first experience with distribution as opposed to factory direct uh, sales on the industrial side. I was still selling commercial and even sometimes industrial products, but they were less customized, uh, more standard, things that could be moved through distribution, uh, maybe from, from an inventory or from a stock as opposed to custom built. Uh, I did that from eight, uh, 78 until 82. And then that's where I was able, in 82, was able to make the jump to entrepreneurship on my own as opposed to working for others. Uh, the gray-haired folks out there will rem might remember that 82 was a really, really difficult time period. Uh, stagflation, uh, terrible inflation in prices and price controls. Uh, shortage of materials, interest rates, uh, mortgages, as I recall, were 22% mm -hmm. in 82. And um, there was a price increase in our industry every three months. Builders building multifamily projects or projects that took two or three years were seeing 10, 12 price increases during the time that they were under construction. Wow. Uh, our, the terms in the industry at that time were uh, price, price and effect at time of delivery. Huh. Uh, and so a lot of folks were in trouble. And I got the opportunity to buy a small uh, failing distributorship. Uh, it was losing about three, about $5,000 a month, doing about $3 million in sales. Uh, we got that opportunity due to a... Uh, relationship that I had. There, there's been uh, it, three mentors that were awesome relationships for me along the way. Uh, first one back there in Baltimore, 
second one with the gentleman I had the pleasure of working for in that distribution business that I mentioned. And then the third one was actually a customer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, he also owned that small failing distributorship as well as being a contractor. So I had a relationship with him and we were able to buy that myself along with a partner bought that business in May of Memorial Day, as a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> week, Memorial Day weekend, uh, 1982. Uh, so uh, that was the beginning of my own entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, and I can continue to move forward from there if you wish, or if you have a specific question, just well, stop me in. So a couple things. It's... Um, kind of a tip of the hat because you know i think given the environment in 82 and i've got a little bit of a memory of it my folks were, were in business as well and i do remember it was uh those were difficult times um but to to choose that time to step out on your own and and on that to 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 actually to purchase a business in need of a turnaround um that uh that seems gutsy. That seems gutsy. Um, you also, one thing I'd like to hear more about is just share like the value of the mentors. You mentioned how, how important these three men were to you and um, more and more. And even, you know, I'm, I'm 50 now and mm-hmm. really haven't had a, uh, I've had people that looking back had mentor influence on me, but I've never really sought out a mentor until uh, just in the last year or so. And it's yeah. been incredible. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I don't think it's ever too late, uh, but if you if sure, you will, what do you think about sure. mentorship? Well, let me jump back even a little bit before that, because as you know, I, I am a believer. Um, I became a believer at the age of 14, which I think is kind of a unique time for a teenage male guy uh, to take that kind of a leap of faith as opposed to some other things that emerging teenagers who were men might be involved in. Absolutely. Uh, so from there, I will, I'll come on forward to uh, the 1970 time frame with that first mentor. And he was a believer, um, had a real heart for family, real heart for uh, his employees. Mm. And so that was just more, to me, uh, encouragement about being able to be in business and have that kind of a boss, that kind of a relationship. Uh, And he demonstrated his heart for the Lord. He demonstrated his heart for his employees. Uh, And then moving into... uh, the distributorship experience from 78 to 82, uh, my gentleman, the, my boss there, uh, I would sp- suspect was not a believer, hmm. but he still had that same heart for his employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, the story of me separating from that business over Memorial Day weekend and uh, buying the failing business in 1982, when I went in to give my two-week notice, um, that story is is one that is just so near and dear that I just can't share it without breaking down. But uh, basically, he was incredible. Mm. 
even though I was about to be his competitor. So anyway, I learned a lesson there about how to treat employees um, and have always taken the position in my businesses since 1982 that uh, anytime an employee leaves where they think they're bettering themselves and their family, uh, that if they leave in the right way and handle it well, I always tell them that uh, they're welcome back. Mm-hmm. If it's a mistake, it doesn't work out, you're welcome back. Uh, I hope it works out for you, but if it doesn't, uh, you have a get-out-of-jail-free card, you can come back. <laughs> uh-huh. And then the third uh, mentor uh, was the customer who I mentioned who was a contractor, big contractor. They owned their own distribution business. Mm-hmm. But the partner who had been running that distribution business had been bought out. And that was one of the reasons the distribution business got in trouble, as well as the tough economic times and uh, the high interest rates and all that. So he, too, was a believer uh, and had a heart for people, uh, for his employees, for his, in my case, his suppliers. So... uh, that's a, a relationship that I look back on, obviously, with great fondness, as I do the other two. But in particular, that's the one that gave me the opportunity to become an entrepreneur and own my own business. That's awesome. So one thing I just want to touch on quick, because um, you know, two of your three were, were, were believers. And, and basically, it sounds like their, their faith was woven into the fabric of the business and and that's the way you ran your business as well. And it seems to me that more and more, um, there's a lot of business owners that almost um, are fearful to do that, for, for lack of a better word, just due to what what we've been convinced by the press and other things. Like the, the separation of church and state is somehow carried over to separation of, of church and business and separation, of, you know, basically a silo where the, you've got faith in one hand, but you keep it separate from everything else. And I just want to encourage anybody listening that that man, um, business is a ministry. There, there's no greater opportunity for for a business owner and entrepreneur to uh, to share their faith than than in the business. So, uh, so hopefully that's an encouragement to to some of you listening. Um, Jay, as I think we're talking and I'm thinking about okay, buying a business in '82, and then and then what's happened since '82? There, I mean. There was Y2K, which I don't know if that affected your business at all. But then, you know, we had we had 9-11, and I'm not hitting on all the things, of course. Right. But then we had uh, 2008 and, and the fallout from there. And um, and now, you know, the last couple of years with, with the pandemic, you've there have been some ups and downs in business. So tell us, if you would, is, is there a, sh- a story that stands out about a, a, a difficult time or a challenge that you faced and overcame? Uh, many. <laughs> many. Uh my first, our first banker that kind of came with that first business, he was already banking that business. He, and he's been a lifelong friend ever since 1982. Um, he told us that w- we bankers don't believe in you business people until you've been through at least one business cycle, one complete cycle, top and bottom and back. And can you run your business at the bottom? Can you run your business at the top? Uh, 
And I've, as you just alluded to, I've been through several business cycles at this point. Uh, but there's another thing that impacts our industry, uh, not just the business cycle or not just the economy. Uh, typically, with my distribution business, uh, we're going to depend on one manufacturer providing 85 to 95 percent of our product and our revenue. We'll have one major manufacturer and then we'll have a lot of ancillary uh, manufacturers and products. And uh, the terms in my world, and they always have been as best I can tell in distribution, is that we can be canceled in 90 days without cause. Uh, we can be canceled in 30 days with cause and we can be canceled 24 hours for fraud against the manufacturer. Uh, and I've experienced that cancellation without cause uh, on two occasions where uh, manufacturers simply made a decision to move in a different direction. Perhaps they decided to go from independent distribution to factory direct, or perhaps they decided to go from small local distri independent distributors to a large regional independent mm -hmm. distributor. So twice uh, during my career in uh, 2000 and in 2010, uh, exactly 10 years apart, uh, we have been terminated and given 90 days notice without cause. Uh, and I remember well in, uh, this, this goes to the faith part, I suppose, uh, remember well the 2010 cancellation, uh, September 27th, 2010, a year that will live in infamy for me. Uh, we were terminated, and I went home and told Carol that we had 90 days of oxygen, and if we, if we couldn't make something happen, if the Lord didn't bless us, uh, that we'd be moving in with her mother uh, and losing everything that we had worked our entire career for, and that we would be bankrupt and living with her mom, who was in a small uh, facility not a home, but a, her own little duplex. She lived in one okay. side of a duplex. And so we were looking at that. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say that's pretty dramatic. And yeah. uh, something that uh, the, the one in, in 2000, uh, we, we kind of saw that one coming because the large manufacturer there announced that they were going to go factory direct and start buying up their distribution and they started with, in some of the bigger markets. Mm -hmm. So we had time to begin to prepare. Still traumatic to change your manufacturer, uh, but not nearly as traumatic as the, uh, the one I just described in 2010. So what, I mean, obviously it worked out in some way, shape or form. What, for, for, for entrepreneurs and business people that may be facing a challenge like that or, or on the, on the low part of the, of the business cycle, like how'd you hang on? What, what, what's the advice you would give to somebody that's facing that, that, that level of challenge? Well, in addition to uh, basically working 24 hours a day and communicating with your employees and trying to keep everybody all headed in the same direction and telling them it's going to be okay. Uh, we're going to be blessed. Uh, I, as a result of this trial, uh, obviously your prayer life, uh, 
becomes a lot more intense than it might be, might normally be. Um, mm-hmm. uh, engaged our church, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm one who believes in transparency. Uh, so these types of battles, you don't fight on your own. Uh, you mm-hmm. can't fight them with your own strength. You mm-hmm. have to have help uh, and help from the Lord, help from your church family, help from your, your physical family. Uh, it really does take a group to, to work through some of those things. And fortunately, we were blessed uh, in that uh conversion to a new brand we actually uh taught in in that case we closed on december 31st 2010 after our 90-day notice with one brand and we opened after the january 1 holiday with our new brand and we had to and during that 90 days we prepared to double our business uh and we opened as exactly that doubled from the size that we closed three days before uh, in wow. terms of sales. Now, yeah. we had spent 90 days preparing people, training, hiring people, finding bigger spaces, uh, doing buying new forklifts, new trucks. Uh, so we'd been preparing along the way, along with uh, uh, the uh, support, as I said, of our church family and others. Um, but we literally opened over a three-day holiday weekend. We reopened at twice the volume. We went from being a $12 million business to a $24 million business in three days. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, you know, and, and I'm just, again, a tip of the hat, uh, and especially you know, for, the, for the faith aspect and, and being, you know, bringing in the church and friends and family and your employees and just um, the the power of prayer and and clearly clearly you were faithful to think okay we're you know eighty five ninety percent of our business is just going away what are we going to do about it most people their instinct wouldn't be well let's double our business uh, but um, it, I think it just speaks to how in every challenge if you look around there there is that opportunity oftentimes um, if you're willing to go for it. Yes, and, and a term I use is, I say there is opportunity in chaos, hmm. and that was chaos. Um, it literally, there was 90 days of chaos there, winding down the old product line, cranking up and planning and preparing for the new product line. Heck, the first 40 days were spent just doing due diligence with possible vendors and getting something inked with the vendor that was going to come on board with us. Uh, and so the other part of that, that I probably should point out it, our, our business family, the company has a lot of strong believers. Mm, Cool. So there were a lot of people praying through that turmoil. That's awesome. So, so, Yeah, so you've gotten through the low cycle a couple times. <clears throat> you, 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 yeah, the highs and the lows and the highs. And after decades in business, now you've chosen um, to give back. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Tell us about that. Well, that's SCORE, which you mentioned on the front end. 
And uh, SCORE is an acronym, stands for Service Corps Retired Executives, or if you prefer, Service Corps Retired Entrepreneurs. Uh, We're a real mix of both. Uh, Not everyone is retired in SCORE, uh, but I actually uh, became familiar with SCORE in 2008. You alluded earlier to the collapse in, in 2008. Of course, that was the real estate bubble. Uh, this particular company we had started in 1990. Uh, it's different than that company I bought in 82, but we had started this one in 1990. We'd been in, in business 18 years at that point. We, we'd been in the industry forever. We really thought we knew what we were doing. We had a proven track record. We'd been through the business cycles, and that bubble that burst, the real estate bubble that burst in the, you know, that 08 time frame, just left us with no answers. Uh, my partner and I are looking at each other saying, uh, do we not know anything about this industry anymore? Do we not know anything about running this business? And a vendor, uh, a, not a product vendor, but a service vendor, service provider, uh, made me aware of SCORE, mm-hmm. and we reached out to SCORE. A uh, gentleman came in. Of course, that was there was no pandemic, and we were meeting face-to-face. Uh, a gentleman came in, sat with us, my partner and myself, uh, said, you know what? This is well beyond the startup that we frequently find ourselves doing. You guys are a mature business. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back with three mentors. Hmm. I'm going to bring a specialist in sales. I'm going to bring a specialist in finance. And I'm going to bring a specialist in operation and logistics. Uh and we're going to meet as a group with you and your partner. Uh, we actually ended up pulling the exec- whole executive team into those meetings. Uh, we met with them on a regular basis once a quarter for in excess of four years. Okay. Um, and they were instrumental in uh, getting us through that particular crisis with their expertise in specific areas where we could put plans in place. And, and as a, they actually ended up acting as a board of advisors, not a board of directors, but a board of advisors. Uh, and so once a quarter, we knew we were going to be held accountable for having carried out the plan for the last 90 days and then in that same meeting, creating the plan for the next 90 days. Um, it was during that time that I real I, I, I didn't mention my spiritual gift is teaching. Okay. So, and, and so it was during that time that I realized I wanted to be uh, a member of SCORE. So once we got to about 2015, I think it was, I needed a couple of new hips, and I semi-retired and turned the business over to my partner. Um, that's when I started putting in a lot of time down here in, in Pensacola, uh, especially at the Andrews Clinic over there for, for, for the new hips. Uh, and, but I started uh, mentoring for SCORE at awesome. that point, utilizing my spiritual gift of teaching. My, my, that's, been, that's really my management style as well, okay. to be a teacher. So um, that had served me well for, for many years. Uh, and I became a member of the Nashville score chapter and a member of the South Alabama score chapter over on the eastern shore of Mobile. Uh, there was no chapter 
here in Pensacola. Sure. So I had clients in both locations and was bouncing back and forth from here to Nashville, uh, being with my family up there. Carol and I would go up um, and then down here. Uh, and then when I fully retired uh, three years ago, I basically am, am this is my full-time career now. Uh, and we're, all of my clients are now in the panhandle. Uh, I no longer handle any clients in Nashville. Uh, although with Zoom throughout the pandemic, uh, I could be handling clients from anywhere. Sure. Uh, but at the moment, I'm focused on Northwest Florida. We're connected back to the Columbus, Georgia chapter and then we have branches off of that. There's a Southeast Alabama branch located in Auburn. Uh, I, I am the vice chair for North Florida. Okay. I handle the Panhandle and Tallahassee over to the Big Bend. Uh, and, and my biggest challenge uh, within SCORE at the moment is recruiting enough mentors. Uh, we are covered up with clients. It's interesting. The... Uh, the pandemic that drove everyone inside um, caused people to behave differently, as we know, caused them to act differently. One of the ramifications of it was we've seen a 200 or even 300 percent increase in our requests for mentoring from clients uh, wanting to do startups. Uh, I'm really hopeful that uh, this pandemic is going to be the genesis for uh, a new entrepreneurial wave of small business uh, across this country. Small business has been uh, damaged over the last 30 to 40 years, mm -hmm. and I won't go into the whys and what fors of, of that, uh, but we've been damaged. It's been hard for small business in many cases. Uh, to, to certainly to pass to the second generation. It's become just darn near impossible. But I'm optimistic with all of the clients that we're seeing, people wanting to start businesses, people with an idea. They've been sitting there at home for the last 16 months, and uh, I'm optimistic that we're going to see a real rebirth and growth of small business. And that score is a huge part of that, I do believe. Um, the GAO, the Government Accounting Office, just finished a study in preparation for the next fiscal year. Uh, and we have a small cadre of uh, staff in Herndon, Virginia, part of the D.C. suburbs. Mm -hmm. uh, and Congress does give a small uh, budget to score. We're a, a resource partner for the Small Business Administration. Okay. Uh, but that GAO study just said that, came back and said that for every $1 that Congress uh, gives to SCORE, we return $74 in tax revenue. That's uh, incredible. It's an unbelievable number. Who wouldn't want uh, to make that investment? <laughs> yeah. And, and so uh, most of the statisticians or data people will tell you that small business provides 65% of the jobs in this country, and they will tell you that we provide 75% of the new jobs hmm. in this country. And that probably makes logical sense. Big business is focused on efficiency and, and other things, uh, bottom line, delivering to Wall Street. And small business can be focused on the health of their entire business 
including their employees, uh, the growth of their business. Uh, and so the fact that 75% of new jobs comes from small business and we only represent 65% of the total job base, it, it's, that's a logical thing. Yeah. Uh, I think you can see, see that. Uh, but I'm optimistic in spite of the pressure that's been on small business for many years now. Uh, de- a few decades, actually, from a, a, a number of different areas uh, that uh, we're going to see small business. It's the engine that drives this country. It is. Uh, and SCORE is, uh, we're there. There's 12,500 of us nationwide that are volunteers. 100% volunteers? 100% volunteers. That's, okay. There's, there's a small cadre, as I said, of staff in D.C., Mm-hmm. They're paid. We have a CEO, a COO, a CFO, all the things you would expect. Mm-hmm. Small group of people. Uh, they provide a lot of our materials and our resources that we work with, our website, that type of thing. And I would encourage people to look at the score.org uh, or sba.gov. And SBA is going to show us as a resource partner and you're going to come right back to score.org. Um, so I'd encourage people to take a look at that, take a look at our organization. But there's 12,500 of us out here, everybody from regional vice presidents down. Regional mm-hmm. vice presidents, district directors, chapter chairs, vice chairs, mentors, all of us from the regional vice president on down are volunteers. That's awesome. That's amazing. And, and, I, tr- I I hope your prediction or I hope what you're seeing is correct, that we just see a boom of, of small business startup and, and growth over the, over the next few years. That'd be amazing. Um, so I'm just going to mention something that because it speaks to, to your heart, Jay. Um, you, you mentioned retirement and then right afterwards said this is your full-time job. And my friend Don Hoffert, he's with CBMC, uh, calls it a refirement, right? You're not, you're not done working. You're just fired up for something else now. So yeah. it's, it's so cool to see and to see your, your heart and passion to, to help uh, small businesses get, get their legs underneath them. Um, so, so just real quick, just for clarification, from what you told us in your personal story, you were a pretty established business um, with, with, that just had questions. You, you were in uncharted territory and SCORE was able to give you real tangible help through that. Absolutely. So, so even if, even if it's somebody thinking about um, maybe, maybe transfer the business like exiting and they've got um, kids or something coming into it. Is that something that a school? Absolutely. Matter of fact, I have a client right now that I'm working with that wants to transition uh, her business to her son. Okay. And the son is in the business, but he uh, isn't, um, from an educational perspective, he doesn't have the qualifications that that particular business requires. If you're going to do the day-to-day work, it happens to be an accounting firm. I guess I can say that. Uh, And the son's not an accountant, but we're working to transition him and give him the the management skills, help him develop the management skills that he would need to take that. Uh, But the, uh, uh, there's a gentleman that uh, says that there's four ways to, to transition a business uh, that I work, I believe in, and I, I read his books and his material. 
he says that uh, there are outies. That means you sell the business outward to someone. Mm-hmm. There are innies, meaning you sell the business to the employees. There are passers, meaning you pass the business maybe to the generation, like we're talking about here with this business. Uh, and then there are closers. Mm-hmm. And you have to prepare your business for that event and you prepare it in a different way for each one of those four events. Sure. So it's not unusual for us to work with clients that are, a lot of the clients, obviously, as we've talked about are startups, Mm -hmm. but we work with, with more mature clients, just the way score worked with us in our business in 2008. And then we work with um, clients who are transitioning and, you know, maybe they're retiring uh, yeah. and they don't know how to transition. They've, they've run the business for 40 years. Maybe the business has run them most of those 40 years. <laughs> what do they do now? How, how, they can't just lock the door and go home. You've got to prepare for that. Uh, so we work with very, from very, very immature startup. I don't have a clue. Tell me what I do first. To, all the way to folks that are transitioning. Uh, and we work with people that maybe they uh, want to acquire a branch and mm. they've never acquired another business, but they've always been one location. They don't know about running branches. And, you know, so uh, with 12,500 of us, uh, we can find a subject matter expert. <laughs> and so sometimes I'm just a quarterback for a client who reaches out and sets some filters on our website and brings in subject matter experts to help guide us through a specific, if the water's too deep for me in an area, uh, we bring in help and we get people to co-mentor us uh, Mm -hmm. with us. Uh, That's, and one of my wonderful experiences with score is that in the uh, seven years that I've been mentoring, I've never had another mentor turn me down being a co-mentor that's awesome think about the heart of the people that are out there the people we're talking about in our base yeah that's pretty amazing um pretty amazing so (laughs) if somebody as i'm just thinking about our conversation uh you've got this boom of clients people looking for 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 some sort of help or guidance and so you're needing in need of mentors and um, you know, it's, it's the, um, you mentioned retired, uh, executives or entrepreneurs, but from what you and I've talked if somebody's got experience in business, um, they may be qualified. And if they've got a heart to serve and give back, they should probably reach out to you and see about Absolutely. Serving. They don't have to be, um, retired, uh, as a, as a volunteer organization, a, a volunteer gets to determine how many hours a week or per month they can, uh, give back. So if someone is working full time and they look at it and they say, you know, I can do, I'd like to do three hours a week with this organization. There's a space, there's a spot for that. That probably involves taking one client. Once you become qualified mentor, probably involves taking one client, Uh, maybe one new client per week, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe three new clients per month. Mm -hmm. And they get to, uh, control their time commitment that way. Uh, 
On the other hand, the other extreme is the uh, guys that are fully retired like me. And uh, I mean, literally, I'm putting in 40 hours a week on this. <laughs> it's not like running your own business where you're probably putting in 80. But so it's still, from my perspective, I'm, I'm retired. It's still part time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and we do have a need, I would tell you, for uh, younger People, and I'm glad to say that we're getting a lot of younger applicants to become mentors. Think about a guy like me who grew up in an analog age, in an analog world, in an analog business that's transitioned to digital. I mean, what do I know about creating an app or right. developing a website uh, or the social media tools that are out there? So, we're reaching out with our own marketing from SCORE and from the Columbus chapter looking for younger mentors. Uh, you know, I have two clients that are in college that That's are awesome. working part-time. They are uh, developing their own business while they're in college. Uh, but I find myself needing help with those two young men all the time. Sure. Looking for a young mentor who understands app development. Uh, so we're now a very diverse organization uh, trying to become even more diverse. I mean, if everyone uh, was my age and white-haired like I am, well, we just wouldn't know anything about apps or website development. Sure, sure. So the message I heard, if, if you, so listeners, if, if you got a heart to give back and you want to you help support um young business people or old business people, people in, in the small business community, um, reach out to Jay, reach out to score and see if you can get involved. And speaking of which, Jay, what's the best, what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you or to find out more? Sure. Well, we'll start with me first. Uh, I'm Jay McDaniel and you please use my email address. It's J dot McDaniel. That's J A Y dot McDaniel M C D A N I E L at scorevolunteer.org. Uh, my cell phone is 615-504-7458. Uh, I'd love to hear from you if, if you're interested in, in becoming a mentor and, and giving back. Uh, I'm also happy to hear from you if you're a prospective client. I mean, that's what we're here for anyway, right? Uh, but I do need mentors. That two, 300% increase in the client base uh, really has caused us to to try to recruit more mentors. Uh, you also can go to score.org and simply fill out, uh, go on their homepage. There's going to be a section that says uh, request uh, a client, you know, if, I, if you need help as a client, request a mentor. Then there's also a section of a link that you click that says uh, apply to be a volunteer. So you can do it right through the Columbus uh, through the score.org website. Uh, if you are in uh, our geographic area, that's going to go to the Columbus chapter. And then the Columbus chapter is going to push it on down to me as the vice chair of North Florida. Uh, if you're in Southeast Alabama, it's going to get pushed to the vice chair there. If you're in Southern Georgia, it's going to get pushed to the vice chair there. And, and they would then get you onboarded and trained. Uh, if you're listening to this in uh, some other state, if you're in Washington State, uh, you still go to score.org and you click 
for either a mentor or to become a mentor and the appropriate people will get in touch with you. Fantastic. Thanks, Jay. Oh, this has been uh, absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for, for coming on and, and just, yeah, sharing your wisdom and sharing your time with us. I, I so greatly appreciate it. Uh, final thoughts for, for the listeners? Well, one, thank you, Todd, for having me. Final thought for the listeners is go to score.org and click need a mentor or want to be a mentor. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you found, uh, hope this added value to you today. Uh, would just like to encourage you, whatever, whatever big dreams you have, whatever huge aspirations, remember you can. I believe in you. Until next time, peace to you. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.